Welcome to Brag Talks, a place where we dream big and brag about it, sharing praiseworthy stories. Today's episode is hosted by Heather Van Cura. And as we go into season four, all focused on health and wellness, today we have as our guest on this episode, Alex Brookman, who is a strategy facilitator and author who has a wealth of experience and a really interesting story to share with us today. Um, talking about his journey on how he came to the position that he's in today, starting from some events that transpired in his life back in January 2020. So I'm really interested to hear more of Alex's story. And since I haven't heard all the details, he's saving some of most of them for me to hear right along with you, our listeners of Bright Talks. So welcome to you, Alex. Thanks for having me out there. Great to be on your show. So I think you had a, quite a, a time back in January 2020. I, I did share some details with me about that. I think we all had some interesting times right around that beginning of 2020, but I think yours was particularly poignant and introduced um, some changes and profound uh, effects in terms of how you approach life and how you respond to life and all the, the things that do transpire in our day-to-day -day, um, lives as human beings. I think you're totally right. In 2020, most of our lives were, let's say, it, they, they developed in a different way than we had planned them. Um, in, in my case, that came together with three additional life events that were um, yeah, kind of on top of the pandemic, not what you would have needed. Um, let me put it that way. So um, in, in, in January 2020, I had just founded my new business and was um, super excited how it went. It, really had um, a head start and everything was going out as I planned and, and I was super happy and um, also my my girlfriend was um, heading towards the end of her pregnancy so we were expecting our first child um, which um, was due in, in January and then two weeks prior to my son's birth my dad passed away um, after a long battle with cancer um, so I found myself in that in that space where I had to be there for my wife. Um, I wanted to be a dad to my son. I wanted to be with my own father as he was nearing the end of his life and also wanted to be there for my mother in some kind of support. And it it was just too much. I realized I couldn't do all these things at the same time. And then um, there was this... I will never forget that call. I was in Lisbon in Portugal and my, my girlfriend calls me and is like, you better get yourself a mask. And I was like, what's going on? And of course we had news from uh, what was transpiring in China at that point. But um, that was the moment people realized that the COVID-19 pandemic would, would actually develop into a pandemic. So I came back home from that business trip um, a day later 
And it was shortly before everything went down the drain and the governments shut down the country. And it was it was really extreme in, in, in that time. So between January and, and the beginning of March, um, I I was basically it was un, I was unable to breathe. It was just too much. And then when um the almost the nail, the, the final nail in the coffin for us was when uh we realized that our planned transition uh, from Germany to Canada would probably fall through because we had planned that transition for quite some time. My girlfriend is from Vancouver, so we wanted to move there and we had everything planned. I had achieved permission. Um, I, I, I had received permission to um, become a permanent resident in Canada and all that was planned for April. And then I, I called Lufthansa and asked them, whether they know anything about their flight schedule and they were like yeah no this flight will never happen it's in six weeks out and it won't happen so at that point in time we had a decision to make whether we want to move with a newborn across the world in the in the middle of a pandemic or just stay where we were wait it out because hey it's probably just a few months um, at that point in time no one knew anything um, about the about what's coming um, so we said, we won't, we won't wait it out. We never know how long this takes. And, um, within a few days, cleaned out the apartment and packed seven suitcases and on the, yeah. And, and then at the end of March made the transition and, and, and moved from Germany to Canada under lockdown conditions, which was crazy, but we made it safe and sound and have started to build our life here in Canada ever since. Very brave decision and so many different things transpiring, like you said, all at the same time. So, and, and how did, how did you cope with that? And what are the things that you learned coming out of that, that you can share with us? I believe the first thing that I really learned was that I have a limit of what I can bear um, emotionally and physically. Um, I had never reached that limit before in my life. So it was a weird experience to realize that there is literally a limit that you can bear in terms of different emotions, like the the the, the sorrow and pain that came with losing my father. He was way too young to die. And um, at the same time, the tremendous joy of becoming a first-time dad all within two weeks um that was very extreme to handle those opposing emotions um also the fear that came with moving to a new continent a new country i've visited canada multiple times before um it, it wasn't that that it was something completely different it wasn't uh, we're moving to a country where we don't speak the language or anything, but still it is a different country. It is a different culture. Um, and doing that under lockdown conditions was, again, something that whether the joy of starting something new was shadowed by the fear of the of that came with, with the start of the pandemic. So I think realizing that I have a limit and that I need to respect that limit, that was really interesting as an experience for me. And as a learning, and I've used this understanding ever since to say yes 
to weigh less things than I did before. I'm very particular how I use my time and what I do with it now. And um, that definitely come, goes back to that time. I think this is the biggest learning for me. Yeah, so be, being aware, I think self-aware of your own limits in order to protect yeah. your health and well-being. Correct. Yeah, I think oftentimes people, I, myself included, I, I think people th believe they, they don't have those limits, that they'll be able to handle anything and sometimes go take the, take themselves or extend themselves out too far in different situations in life. There are people that um, struggle with anxiety all their life and are limited by that anxiety. Um, and then there are people who don't have that feeling of anxiety at all. They only realize their limits when it's almost too late. And I belong to that second group. Right. I think the same for me. So it's that's why I was interested to hear about your learnings and, and how you achieve that balance. And maybe even this is a good segue into sharing with us the four mindset shifts that you had talked about. Yeah, it's it's actually true that during that time, I had no idea how I coped with everything. It was just after dust had settled and things were starting to come down and we were trying to get into the groove of our new life that I asked myself with the help of a friend, how did I actually not break down during that time? Because I, honestly speaking, every one of my friends in Germany, they were like, what's happening over there? Is he coping well with that? Um, they were just waiting for me to crash and burn, basically. Um, not in a bad way, but they, they, were, they, they were just afraid that this would happen. So we talked and um, I realized through this conversation and also later that there were four distinct mindsets that I left behind that were with me for a long time in my life. So in, in, four, in kind of four ways, I helped myself work through this situation. And the first, I think the first mindset shift for me was um, to embrace what's called JOMO, the joy of missing out. So rather than beating myself over the head for um, not doing this or not doing that or telling myself I really should do this and do that, I was just stopping that and, and kind of embraced the joy of missing out. I wanted to be very clear on how I use the time and energy that I have. And that allowed me to truly embrace those moments. So I'll give you an example. When everything around us was going crazy in the pandemic, we still managed to have these beautiful, intimate moments with our newborn child because we made space for it. We could have worried about everything around us, but we, we chose to miss out on, on everything that was going on around us. We focused on our little core nucleus family. And that was untypical for me at that point in time, because I always ask myself, what is the next thing that I should do? What is the next thing that I should do? What, is, what can I do more? And by doing less, I actually helped myself let go of things that I then realized weren't helpful in the first place. I think this was the first big shift for me. The second one was that, and that came through 
the experience in March 2020 when we realized we either make the transition from Germany to Canada now or we might never do it because no one knew at that point in time how long we wouldn't be able to fly to other countries or let alone to move across um, the Atlantic. At that point in time, a typical mindset for me was it needs to be almost perfect. I need to have very good quality in what I do, both for in, in my professional work and also in my personal life. I was always thriving for getting something that I was really proud of because I put a lot of work in and it was close to perfect. Um, at that point in time, that was not an option. Perfect was not an option anymore. We had planned out that move to Canada for over a year with everything mapped out and then the pandemic hits. So perfect goes down the drain in a, in a blink of an eye and you only have the option to either stay still or to start moving fast and adopt, let's say, a mindset of, of speed and agility. And that was, that was untypical for me at that point in time, but I had no other option. That's what I did then. I, I forced myself into embracing imperfection rather than striving, thriving for perfection. I was starting to thrive for, let's make this as good as it's, possi it's possible given the circumstances. So it was a shift from going for perfect to going for for the lack of a better word, for excellent. Excellent in the sense, as good as it can be in the current environment. So shifting from, from going for as good as it can possibly be to being fast and agile and adopting along the way, that was something that I embraced. And I mean, an, a, a perfect example is, of course we had, we had um, direct flights from Frankfurt to Vancouver, right? Um, but those flights didn't exist anymore. So. <laughs> What did we do? We we booked the only possible flights that we could get. And that meant having a stopover in Toronto, having to immigrate in Toronto at the airport with um, the time constraints of our next flight um, leaving rather than flying to Vancouver, being there, then doing the immigration in all uh, calmness. So it was, but it was the best I could do. So we did it. And I think that the, the next mindset shift for me was all about um, embracing when when we were in Canada, embracing a mindset of abundant thinking rather than a scarcity thinking. Um, it it was it was very difficult for us to come here into an empty apartment with seven suitcases along, and everything was closed. There there was there was nothing. We couldn't buy furniture. Um, it was very difficult to get anything into the house from pots for the kitchen to, you know, a proper bed where we could sleep in. So, but rather than going crazy about the scarcity around us, we just made the best out of it and, and, and realized that what we have is more than enough um, to be happy and to enjoy the moments that, that we had as a family in this crazy time. And that is also something that was very untypical for me. I was always looking for what is it that I don't have and what I want rather than being happy with what I do have and not looking left and right for more, more and more. That was probably one of the most helpful um, shifts in that time. And then of course, and, and, and that was some the last shift that I realized that I made was from 
really embracing a growth mindset, moving away from that fixed mindset that I had. I, I when I was when I was younger, I used to have a very clear opinion on a lot of things, and I realized over time that my opinion also shifts a lot. Um, so I was asking myself, where does that come from? And um, it wasn't really helpful to move with a fixed mindset to a new country because everything is different. There are just a lot of things that on the surface seem the same, but once you live in a new country, you realize that things are different and um, that your fixed mindset and your opinions are not really helpful in embracing a life um, that is joyful. So I started to allow myself to grow into this new environment and just start to vibe with the culture here, start to um, embrace the peculiarities of living in a different country. And I think those four mindset shifts, they helped me stay more or less sane uh, during during this crazy time. Yeah, so, well, I think those are all very insightful mind shifts. I think especially the, the, the one you talked about in terms of scarcity thinking, versus abundance thinking versus scarcity thinking. I yeah. mean, it comes down to, you know, what about contentment, just being, you know, happy with uh, what, what you're given. Uh, so maybe look, just to summarize those again, there were embrace the joy of missing out instead of the fear of missing out. And was the second one about um, speed and agility. Yeah, um, rather than thriving for perfection rather than perfection and um, scarcity uh, mindset, embrace an abundant mindset. And then finally, um, instead of a fixed mindset, a growth mindset. Yes. And what what kind of changes did you experience? So now, now that you've kind of been able to articulate those mindsets and adapt them to your life and live through those experiences. How would you say that's changed you in terms of your outlook and perspective and your overall health and wellness? This is a difficult question to answer um, because the, the experience of living in a new country for, for three years now, um, I don't think I can bottom line that to a few things. Um, what I can say is that having realized that those that those were the mindset shifts that apparently took place, they, they did not take place consciously. I only realized them in hindsight. I try to remind myself how they helped me through that difficult time. And I try to bring them up time and again in my life now. And I realized that I have a tendency to fall back into old patterns sometimes. And I guess we all do. And the biggest um, challenge for me right now is not to, not to judge myself for doing that, but to be patient with myself and remind myself that there is a different way of approaching things and, um, and nudge myself in that direction again. It's a constant... Um, it's an endeavor that that will probably last for the rest of my life, not to fall back into old patterns, but to embrace those mindset shifts time and again, if that makes sense. Right. Like a continuous cycle of being aware, being aware and yeah. making adjustments and keeping those 
things in mind or those those ways of thinking in mind. Yes, and sometimes mindsets. I find myself embracing a, a certain mindset that I that I love, and I, 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 I'm just like standing there and smiling because I'm I'm so happy for myself. And then in other times I'm like, dude, not again. You know better than that. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I I can relate to what you're saying. I'm I'm wondering, you know, since since you've become conscious of that, do you notice any impacts in terms of how you feel in the oh, yeah. experience of living your life? Maybe For that's sure. especially when it comes to being a father. It's the first time that I'm a dad. I'm in my mid forties, and um, I realize how these these mindset shifts can help me be a better father. And that that simply means um, spending your time consciously with your children. Um, for example, I, I found myself sitting with my with my mobile phone on the couch while my child was playing in front of me on the floor with Legos. And rather than rather than and, and, and ask myself, why am I doing this? Why am I not sitting on the floor with my child? Uh, other than having issues getting back up in your mid forties when you're sitting for two hours on the floor. Um, the reason is that I, I, I figured I feel that if I play, I don't have time to work and that I would miss out on opportunities in my business. So I had to separate my work from my life as a father, um, physically separated. So right now I, I try to be more in my office um, for work and fully focus on work and get that time as be productive as possible during that time. And when I leave the office, I try not to think of work, which is difficult when you work and live in, under the same roof. But sometimes I just leave my phone somewhere else so that I don't even have the, the urge of checking it when it vibrates. And I know um, someone sent me a message and I just focus on on being a dad. So I the joy of missing out on some opportunities, if you want, these opportunities won't just go away because I wasn't on my phone all the time. And embracing that and 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 allowing myself to miss out on an opportunity, maybe, gives me the chance to fully embrace the moments with my child and playing with Legos. Right. I, I have found that for myself as well. I think of it as being present in whichever activity I am doing, but it, it, it does go back to the mindset, as you described it, uh, the joy of missing out. So finding, finding ways to, in some cases, you know, force yourself to be present and whether that could be physically, you know, separating yourself, like you found that works, you know, go, go in the office when you're going to do work and then be present for your family, your children, when you're out of your office or physically putting your phone away. I think right. whatever work, whatever works for you, and I think it will be different for every person, but finding that way to be present in the moment so you can experience it as it is in that moment versus wonder what just happened because you're focused, you're half focused on a variety of things. Exactly. I think that's an ongoing challenge in the time, the times that we live in. And also, I think it's important to model that for your children. You know, one of the, 
I think one of the best results or consequences of that, of me being more conscious about this, is that my child has more books than I do. He sees me reading books or reading books with him. And he just loves books. He has so many books. It's crazy. Sometimes he wants to read 20 different books a day. Um, but isn't that great? Rather than him wanting to, I don't know, watch TV all the time. Um, we don't even have a cable subscription, by the way. We don't watch TV. Um, and, and, and I realized that by having this conscious mindset around how we spend time together, it's so wonderful to see how it shapes him in a way that his curiosity about books is there rather than about just watching TV. Um, and and I, I don't want to condemn watching TV. It's just, I find so much joy in reading books with my son. And I believe that if, if I would be sitting on the couch watching TV all the time, that would be the behavior that, that he would learn as normal and that he would mimic. And he would miss out on the learning opportunities exploring books for example right books or legos or whatever you like to do but you mentioned yeah. books and that leads me into i had i see that you're writing a book uh, it's about to be released called uh secrets of next level entrepreneurs and i'm curious about i'm curious about it myself and probably our listeners are as well maybe you could tell us a little bit about the book that you're writing speaking of your love for books Sure. Um, yeah, the book is uh, finished. We're just waiting for the release date, which is um, the 28th of March in Canada and the US. The book will be published by Wiley and is already available for pre-order everywhere where you buy your books. It's a book that I compiled. Um, it, it's it's an anthology book, right? So it's not a typical book um, that, that I wrote um, cover to cover, and that gives you, I don't know, my secret sauce. Um, it's a completely different book. It's not a book about what I do professionally in terms of being a strategy facilitator. That book will come out later in the year. Um, that's planned for September, October. The book that will come out now, Secrets of Next Level Entrepreneurs, gives people that are either entrepreneurs, corporate leaders, managers, consultants, just a glimpse of three themes that I think are so timely now. Um, and they are all around self-care. If you have a high stress job, what, what does self-care mean? What does self-actualization mean in that context? How can you take better care of yourself? Hyper-specific advice in the book. The second theme is all around building workplaces that have that, that are human, right? Impactful workplaces helping people lead through these disruptive times we are living in. And the, the first theme in, in the book, so I, I started in the back, the first theme in the book is about hard skills that I believe every business owner and entrepreneur and leader needs to, at least to a certain degree, acquire to survive long-term in the corporate world and in the business world in general. Um, and, and these are regardless of what your subject matter expertise is. I'll give you one example. If you run a business, you would need to understand how to price your products properly or your services. If not, it, it will be very hard for you to turn a profit. And as such, it will be hard to survive longer term. This topic has become 
it, it was always a big topic, but it has become even more important now that we live in this high inflation environment. And I invited um, Dr. Herman Simon, the founder of Simon Kutcher and Partner, who is the world's foremost um, authority when it comes to pricing, to contribute a chapter to the book. And that's what he did. So this book is about very specific advice on how you can adjust the pricing of your services and products, and especially how to go about how to go about it in times of high inflation. Definitely. Well, it sounds like maybe you incorporate, so you have, when you have bring in different perspectives of different people, but it all fits into one of those three parts of the book in those three themes that you mentioned. Correct, yes. All right. So what, what do you think is one of the most important things about the self-care since I think we're focusing in this season on self-care? What, what are some interesting anecdotes or examples you could share? One of the, one of the contributors to um, the anthology is a woman called um, Teresa Quinlan um, from Ontario, Canada. And she gives us in the book a very specific approach to evaluating whether you are actually investing the time in your life according to your own values according to what you really value in your life and um, she describes a way that i find very very interesting and and intuitive um, to reallocate that time to what you truly value um, and just i mean we can't go into into every detail here but just imagine yourself as the son of your own universe. And, and the big themes that you value are the planets that hover around you, right? So the first step is to actually acknowledge which planets are there around you. What is it that you invest your time in, that you give your energy to? And then you draw the same universe as you want it to look like. If you were free of any constraints, if you were... If you, if you stop listening to what society thinks you should do um, or what your circle of friends thinks you should do, you only ask yourself, what is it that I want? And then you start shifting time away from the things that you only do because someone else thinks you should do them, but they are actually not valuable to you. You, you don't really want them. And by, by practicing this shifting of, of time from one thing that you don't really want, but still do, to something that you truly value, you start to create a life that is just rich and full of joy for you because everything that you do, you do because you value it. And that is just, it's intuitive. It's very easy. It's doable. It's hyper-specific. That's what I love about the book. It, it just gives so much very specific um, insight and, and approaches and, and tactics and strategies that anyone can use, whether you are in the corporate world, whether you're an entrepreneur. Um, yeah, that's that's one of the examples. I, I love that example and I love concrete examples and that's exactly what you gave. And I love those activities or exercises though that bring things into alignment or like you said, it's intuitive. So it makes sense as if, why didn't you think of doing that before? Um, but having that exercise that makes it so clear uh, can, can help to facilitate bringing that sense of balance or alignment into your life. Absolutely. 
Well, it sounds so interesting, and I really look forward to checking out your book when it's published. Um, you mentioned March 28th as when it's going to come out, so I'll right. be looking for that. Anything else you want to share with us before we end our episode for today? I, I invite everyone to join my email community. Um, I write this year, I write a lot about self-empowerment and obviously about um, business strategy because that's my home turf. But um, those things are closer than many people realize. Um, it's very easy. Go head over to my website, um, alexthestrategist.com. You find an opportunity there to um, sign up for Building Bridges, which is my newsletter community. And um, you will receive one to two emails a week with short articles that help you test the waters, whether these topics are something for you and give you some actionable steps um, on living a more self-empowered life. Great. I look forward to reading your newsletter and I will definitely include those links that you mentioned in the show notes. Thank you so much, Alex, for being a guest on Brag Talks and sharing your success and accomplishment and also your learning as you've gone through these experiences and helping us to apply those learnings to our lives. Thank you for inviting me on the show, Heather. It was a pleasure to be here. Thank you for listening to Brag Talks. Uh, keep listening and subscribe to the podcast so you can be informed, informed of new episodes.